And I'm so glad about Easter. Um, again, so many good things that happened during Easter Sunday. And if you were here, uh, you were a part of that. Uh, along with what has taken place on Easter, I just want to say thank you to all the volunteers who participated and served on Easter, uh, as well as up until this week. You know, when we put together what we call our services, uh, a lot of thought and prayer is put into it, a lot of uh, volunteer hours and hands that are uh, brought into it, along with people. People come together and they, they make things happen. People use their gifts for God in, in uh, ways that they uh, use it as their worship to God. And I think when we all put together our giftings, our, our lives together as we make up the body of Christ, then the end result is that God gets glorified. And I just want to uh, say thank you to our staff team. Uh, they have worked so hard, not just prior to Easter, but uh, leading up to even today, because coming up to Easter, one of the things we got to remember is that there is an enemy. You know, we don't just have church and then that's it. it we got to remember there's an adversary, and not so that we focus on that. We always keep our eyes on Jesus, but we're always mindful that there's an adversary, and he'll come at us left and right and, and try and bring us down. Uh, right now, we have some of our staff not doing well because of health. Many people are sick, and we're praying for those who aren't doing well. Uh, the flu has been going around and other health things, but our, our staff team has just been outstanding. Uh, I came here today, and uh, we're, we're going to head into a new series on Sunday, and when, when you watch what God does, uh, not just with uh, what takes place on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but when you watch him uh, work in the lives of people, especially our staff and the volunteers, uh, I, I walked in here tonight. And a couple of things I want to bring you up to speed with. One is our air conditioning units are, we're testing it right now, so uh, we're, we're, we're getting prepared to finalize everything. But uh, the other thing is when our staff is called to do what, they're, what they feel called to do by God and they do it for the purpose of God, you sense his spirit in a, in a way that is... Uh, uh, I would use the word contagious. Like it, it actually, I don't know if you can sense something, but when you are in the presence of God and you sense his spirit, it's not only because God wants you to sense something or feel something. He, he wants you to be included among believers, among the community, among the body of Christ. He doesn't want us to be separate from each other. And when I walked in, I, I noticed this stage and... This past Sunday, if you were here, it was a completely different stage. But we're getting ready for this series called Identity Crisis. And the reason why we're getting ready for this series is because when people come to find Christ, they have a new identity that they need to learn. They've always had the identity of God because we're all created in the image of God. But when we come to know Christ, the Bible says, old things have passed away, all things are new. So we got to learn this newness and that's the series we're going to be starting on Sunday. But when I came in here today, I thought, this looks so good. I don't know about you, but doesn't this just speak volumes on how our identity is not in this world, but we have an identity that is in God. And every single one of us has a tag from God. It is called our fingerprint. And no tag is the same. If you look on your clothing, it might say made in Indonesia, made in Japan, <laughs> made in Taiwan, or some kind of type of product. But... This is our tag. We are made in the image of God. 
And so I just want to say thank you to the staff and volunteers for doing things like this so that we can be set and ready to hear God come this Sunday morning uh, in this new series. So can we just say thank you to our staff and the volunteers for all their hard work. Unbelievable. Our worship team, didn't our worship team do a wonderful job tonight? Amazing. Yes. And I'm, I'm really just bragging on the Lord because the Lord uses people to do His work. And when... Last night when I was leaving, we had our council meeting, and I heard them rehearsing their practice uh, for tonight. I just thought, man, God's going to bring it. He's going to bring, his, his spirit will be here, his presence will be here, but most of all, you and I will be here to learn from him. And we are actually concluding our series here on Wednesday night, The Word Versus the World, and we want the word of God to win in our hearts, don't we? So tonight, this is what we're going to be talking about, his words and our choice Now, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Deuteronomy, chapter 30, gives us a a clear picture of what God wanted for us as his chosen people, as people that follow him, people that believe in him, people that want his very best in their lives. And he says some words that will help us to understand that God not only gives us his word, but he also gives us the choice to have the final say to obey his word. And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm going to read from verses 11 through 20, about half of 20. And God is, he's setting up the Israelites. He's he's giving them the choice once again to choose him. Remember in the beginning when he created uh, man, he created Adam and he said, here is your choice. But you are not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat of any other tree except for this one tree. So God gave him a choice, and we're going to get into that, why God gave him this choice. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, I'm reading out of the New King James Version Bible, and it says this, For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, well, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, well, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Verse 14 says, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. In other words, we have no excuse for obeying God because it's very near to, he is very near to us. His word is very near to us. He says, here it is. It's in your mouth, in your heart that you may do it. Verse 15 says, I see, it says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. In other words, he's given us options in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But... If you turn, if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce you today, to you today, that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. And I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. 
For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. So God has given his, his, his complete word and a crystal clear definition of, I'm giving you choice. And the choice facing the Israelites is very clear. They can choose life and prosperity or death and exile. It's their choice. There's no middle ground. And the polar opposites illustrate that God has given us choice. He made it clear. So how can we live in a world that constantly changes? The values and the views of the world are constantly shifting. And then at the same time, live the life we know we should, that God has given to us. See, every one of us is given a choice. Every single person has given the same choice And we can win over our fleshly ways, the ways of the world, our own desires by understanding what God means when he says to choose life that you may live. And we're going to look at three basic principles. And here's the first thing, that God clearly defines choice. Clearly. There's no middle ground with God. He clearly defines choice. He doesn't clearly define what choice you should make, like what shirt you should wear and things like that. That's that's just up to you kind of thing. But he clearly defines we have choice. We can choose between death and life, good and evil. He clearly makes that decision. Uh, makes that, uh, he clearly states that, that we can make that kind of decision between good and evil, light and darkness. He clearly defines choice. He first defined it in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 2, 16, verses 16 and 17, he says, The Lord God says, and he commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. So there is, if, if God stopped there, that's not really choice. That's just stating the fact that out of all these trees, you can eat freely. Not until God says the opposition where choice became in existence. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall, you shall surely die. Now, up until that point, it's, oh, I can, I can freely eat. I'm free. I'm free to do whatever I want. I can, I can eat of any tree. However, not this one. It's like, oh. So now I have a choice. I have an option. And the option was never between what tree... Out of all these trees, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it had nothing to do with the tree itself. It had to do with the words God spoke in obeying him. The tree was just a substance in which God used for choice. So when he said, this tree, if you choose of this tree, because I said not to choose, now you're going to understand what it means to be disobedient. But you don't want that. There's still going to be choice, but I'm letting you know, choose life. Don't disobey me, because in that disobedience, you shall surely die. Now, what did God mean by saying you shall surely die? Because what we know of is when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and disobeyed God, they didn't die. They were still alive. But really what happened was it wasn't a physical death. It was a spiritual death. Isn't it true that when we disobey God, 
and we know we disobey God, there's just something in us that dies. There's like a, 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 and we call it guilt. We feel guilty. Or some of us say conviction. The difference is guilt pushes, away from, pushes us away from God or causes us to run from God. Conviction draws us near to God. Conviction brings us closer to him. Guilt is of the devil. Conviction is of the Holy Spirit who draws us near to God. So when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they felt guilty and ashamed, and then they ran and hid. That's what we do when we feel guilty and ashamed. We run from God and we hide. But God sought them out, and he asked them, where are you? And then he said, you ate of the tree, didn't you? And it's almost like mankind has to come to face, come, come face to face with God himself in the sense of this so-called, what we call judgment, that there's going to be a time where we're going to stand before God and God's going to say, here's, here's what I asked, this is what you did. And you, now you need to answer to me. Let me fast forward the tape to the Son of God because you and I don't need to stand before God to answer him in the judgment of God with his wrath all because of what Jesus has done for us. See, if you and I had to stand before God, I mean, there's no possible way we could do that. There's no possible way you and I could stand before God and answer for all the things we, we disobeyed God with. There's no possible way. We have no excuse. But because of our life in Christ, he declares us righteous. That's what it means that Jesus took on God's judgment He took on the sins of the world so that we could stand righteous before God. So that when we see him face to face, it's all about this relationship that we've been building with God since we said yes to him. He clearly defines choice. He lets us know you have a choice to choose me or something else. You have a choice to obey my word or not. I mean, we did that even when we were growing up. Remember our parents when they told us to come home at a certain time? I mean, that was the worst because they would say, you better come home at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock! That's when everybody's getting ready to go to where we're going to be. Okay, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. That's when the party getting started. It's like, why 10 o'clock? And then we'd bargain with our parents. But many of us, when it came time to go home, didn't we do this? We're like, I just can get lickings. I'd rather just get grounded. I'd, I'd, I'd rather just take the hit because I'm having fun right now. Or we would try to make up stuff. We just try to make up things on the, like we're thinking, okay, I'm coming home at 2 o'clock in the morning. What am I going to say? Oh, I ran out of gas. I mean, we threw all the excuses. We're so fast. See, lying is not the problem. It's how quick we lie that is the problem. I mean, we can make up things. Oh, how come you're home so late? And our parents, they stay up. My mom would sleep in the living room just like a guard so that she could watch when I came in. And, and excuses would come out. Oh, I ran out of gas. Oh, nobody had one clock. Uh, nobody had one watch. Oh, we never know what time was. Uh, 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 the police came and, you know, and raided the whole party. And, and I was, but I was good, but they needed to detain me because I was the only witness who was sober. You know, we try to make up every single excuse. And by the time we get home, our parents are bringing the judgment. And they're saying, why didn't you listen? See, our, our parents do that because they're not saying, I, I want you to just obey me. There's an actual love that is given. Isn't it true that as parents, we have these curfews or things in place for our children because of love? We're not there so that we ruin their party. We're there so that we can show them our love. We care about you. We want to make sure you're safe. Now we have cell phones, so we just we tell our children, just call me if you're late. 
Call me wherever you are. Just let me know you're okay. We, we do that because of love. And God gave us the freedom to choose because of love. If we had no choice, then we could not love God and, and we would not know what love looks like. And God clearly defines choice. He says there is a choice that you can make. So either we choose life or we choose death. God clearly defines it. See, our parents use this thing called curfew as the substance of choice. That there is a choice that we make. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the substance that God used for choice. And because of that, we can love God. Because of this choice, we can love God. Love is the only choice that God gives to us to obey him. We cannot obey God apart from love. If we try to obey God because it feels good, then when it doesn't feel good, we're not going to obey God. But if we obey God out of love, then it doesn't matter how we feel, what's happening around us, love is going to be the source of our obedience to God. As Deuteronomy 30 verse 16 says, In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. God clearly defines choice because God clearly loves us and desires for us to love him back. Here's the second thing, that God's word gives life to our spirit. His word gives life to our spirit. See, it's his word, but it's, but it's our choice if we're going to have life to our spirit. His word clearly gives life to our spirit. That's what his word does for us. Now, how does this happen? How does God's word give life to our spirit? Well, let's go back to the beginning when we first was given life. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, we're going to do a little word study right here, but that word breath actually means spirit. So when God breathed into man, he breathed his spirit into man, and man became a living being. In other words, we were just dirt. We were just like clay. But when God breathed life into us, his spirit, because his spirit is life, then we became a living being. That's, that's the word breath. It means spirit. And then that life that was given to us. Now we're alive. We're a living being. We live because of the breath of life. We live because of the spirit of life. And whose spirit or whose breath was given to us? It was God's. God's very breath, his very spirit was given to us. So because of his spirit and his breath... He gives life to not just our physical body, but he gives life to our spiritual body. That's what causes us to continue to thrive in our spirit. It's the breath of God. That's why human beings are alive, because of the breath of God. See, we, we, we actually live in two ways. We live physically and we live spiritually. Like you can tell when people are spiritually alive. And I'm not talking about fanaticism. I'm just talking about spiritually alive. Because there's just something about their spirit that causes them to be alive. And just because you die physically doesn't mean you die spiritually. 
Because when you have life in God and you're following Christ, remember the first death is physical death. The second is eternal separation from God. So you can die physically, but you can still live spiritually. You go on to be with the Lord in heaven. But just because you die spiritually doesn't mean you die physically. We can be separated from God and die spiritually, but still live in the world. We're just spiritually dead. That's why when Jesus enters our heart, we become alive spiritually. So when we say yes to him and that spirit man comes alive, something needs to sustain that spirit. And it's the breath of God. That's why it's not necessarily where we just accept Christ and then that's it. Okay, now we're just going to be spiritually alive through the rest of our life. We need the breath of God to sustain us spiritually. We're going to breathe physically, but there's a spiritual thing that takes place, and and this is what we want to really get into because the Word of God comes into us, and when the Word of God comes into us, that's what's going to sustain our spirit. Now, we can hear the word of God all day long. But as the Bible is saying, no, it's going to be, it has to be in your mouth. It has to be in your heart. This is what's going to cause you to live spiritually. This is what's going to be your life. So here's what God wants us to understand when it comes to his word and our choice. 2 Timothy 3.16. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. If not, you can write that down and, or check it out later. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us this. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. All scripture is inspired by God. So if all scripture is inspired by God, what does it mean for the scripture to be inspired Why does it have to be inspired? Because if we have a physical body and a spiritual body, what good does the word of God do for us physically? Did you know that when you and I pass away, we actually exhale, not inhale, the last breath. Our last breath is when we exhale. It's like the spirit, the breath of God, leaving this earthly body so that we can be with him eternally. Now, that breath is, is such a, a spiritual matter when it comes to what we just read. Scripture, that what is written. It's the Greek word graphe. That's where we get the word graffiti or graphic. Whatever was written, the scriptures that were written, was in, it was inspired by God And that word inspired means God breathed. When God breathed his spirit into man, man became a living being. But watch this. When the word of God is now brought into us, it's the breath of God still giving us life. So whenever we feel dead on the inside or spiritually, most of the time, probably all of the time, it's an indication I'm not receiving the breath of God anymore. I'm no longer receiving the word of God. 
Because this is what sustains us, the breath of God. And it's our choice. He gives us his word, but it's our choice if we're going to receive it or not. It's really up to us. Some of us say, but I have a hard time reading the Bible. I have a hard time understanding the word of God. You and I cannot understand the word of God apart from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will give us illumination, the Holy Spirit that will give us revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that will help us to understand what we're reading. But if I just use that as saying, as Deuteronomy was saying, oh, it's too far for me. It's out of reach. I can't obtain it. I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't have time for it. When I bring all of that out, I'm actually spiritually dying. It's just a matter of time where I'm going to be spiritually dead. But when I get into the word of God, he breathes into my spirit. And so when it's the word versus the world, if I'm breathing by the world, I'm going to feed my flesh. If I'm breathing by the word, I'm going to feed my spirit. Whatever we feed will always win. And that's where the word of God comes in. So incredibly important for our spirit. When God communicated to us in love from the very beginning, he was letting us know who he is. And by the time the Bible came into existence to where we have it today, it went through an entire process. And it started with God communicating his love. It was God communicating his love. And then the human authors, being inspired by God's love, wrote it all down. And after they wrote it all down, his word was now given out and it spread around the world. And then people recognized it as the holy scriptures. It had full authority. People lived by it. And then they preserved it. They preserved the writings to where we have the Bible today. Then now when we read the Bible, it's illuminated for us. The Holy Spirit brings it to life. All scripture is inspired by God. And when Paul the Apostle says this, he's talking about all the well-known scripture that was written in that kind of context through that way where God's love was brought and went through that entire process. And now we have the scriptures of today. And he's saying this is scripture. All scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed. And that's what is required for us. That when we choose him and when we say, I'm going to bring your word in, that's what's going to sustain my spirit I tell you this, no matter what you face in this world, you're able to withstand because you have the spirit of the living God in you rather than now trying to scramble and get to his word saying, I need something or go to counseling and say, help me, I need something or try to find some self-help book or, or someone to save you. You have the spirit of the living God in you. Therefore, here's the last thing. Number three, choose his word. It's simple. You just choose his word. Choose his word. Make that choice. Whether you get up early in the morning and read it, lunch break you read it, in the car listening to it, at home turning on a, 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 the, the Bible, you know, you have the audio Bible. Just find ways to get the word of God in you so that your spirit can be alive. Just continuously find ways. Don't, don't just say, well, I can't. It's too far for me. It's not here. It's not, I can't. Find ways. We live in a world full of technology that is able to give us God's word. We really don't have any other, we have all the reason to get into the word of God. There is no excuse why I can't get into the word of God. We can. We just got to make it happen. And I tell you, you will not be disappointed when you get into the word of God. It's a strength like no other. Some of us are in the word of God and, and, and we understand it. We understand how it sustains us, how it strengthens us. Some of us maybe have, have lacked and uh, maybe slipped away for a little while. Just get back on track. God didn't go anywhere. He's still there. The word of God never changed. It's still the same. 
we can get right back on track. And we just get back in the word of God. Choose his word. Didn't it feel good when you made the right choice? Even growing up. Didn't it feel good when you actually came home on time? That you came home and your parents were like, hey, well, you came home. Yeah, it's like, well, that's, what do you need? What happened? What? You came home. It just felt good when there was obedience. And it's the same thing with God. There's, there's just something that happens when we're in the word of God and we obey his word. It's like we're strengthened. And something happens in our spirit when we allow his word to come in because it is the very breath of God. The word of God is inspired. And when you're one with the word, you're going to be one with the Lord. But if you're not one with the word, you're going to be one with the world. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God abides forever. I want to be where the word of God is because that's where the strength is and that's eternal. And just as air is to our lungs, so is the word of God to our soul. We need his word to breathe spiritually. In the book of Luke chapter 8, verse 11 and 15, Jesus tells a parable and he talks about the sower scattering seed that fell on the different soils. But there's one soil that the seed fell on and it was good soil and it produced fruit. But it starts off in this way. Now the parable is this in Luke chapter 8 verse 11. The seed is the word of God. So the farmer scattered seed. And Jesus is now explaining the seed that was being scattered is the word of God. Now watch what the word of God is able to do. But the seed in the good soil, talking about our hearts, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. In other words, the word of God in seed form is very promising. The word of God in seed form in our marriages are very promising. The word of God in seed form with our children is very promising. The word of God in seed form in the way we think is very promising. The word of God in seed form, even in our finances, is very promising. Any area of life that we see that is causing us pain or suffering or wreaking havoc or or causing us to fall apart or there's division, when the word of God is brought in there in seed form, it has the potential for the miraculous. Every miracle that Jesus performed started with a problem, but it was his word that brought the miracle. That seed, just that word, it brought forth what it never began with. It may begin with something so small, as the Bible says, as small as a mustard seed, but that's all we need of the word of God because it's a seed. It's in seed form. And then it, as the Bible says, the seed in the good soil produced and, bear fr- and, and brought fruit because it multiplies. That's how good the word of God is. So I want to encourage you tonight, get one of these, get a Bible if you don't have one. If you have a, if you have a, a smartphone or, a, or some type of tablet, you can download free apps as a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can't afford one, go get one from the back. We have free Bibles. It's the word of God. It is very, very instrumental in our spirit. We're going to do battle in the world. It's going to be the word versus the world. And we want the word of God to win. I'm going to ask our musicians to come up and and as we close tonight, I want to leave you with this. As the Bible says, choose life that you may live. Choose life, the breath of God, his word, in order that you may live. 
Not just a physical life or a life that is so good here on this earth, but a life that God says, I will bless and multiply. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, with the joy that you have given to us, it is your word that breathes life into us. All scripture is inspired by you. All scripture. Therefore, because it's inspired by you, because it's your breath, it's the breath of life, you're able to bring that which is just clay and mud and dirt and dust from the ground and breathe life into it. Some of us tonight, we feel like that. We feel, we feel like we have no more life in us. We feel unappreciated. We feel, we feel less than, devalued, unloved. We feel empty. Some of us feel great. We are, we're doing well. We're in a great season. We're, we're strong today. We're, we're doing well in our relationships. Family is doing well. Health is doing well. Even still, Lord, can you breathe your life into all, us, into all of us? For we don't want to walk out of here tonight, Lord, the same. We want to leave here with your spirit. And I pray that every single one of us, as we get into your word, that we will begin to encourage others to do the same. That we would start small groups just with doing Bible studies or devotions. It could be at work for 15 minutes. It could be at home with our spouse or our children. Just do something that would encourage us all to get into your word. That's our prayer tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for those who kept it alive. Even though the world tries to destroy your word, your word will abide forever. And we too want to be with your word. It's your word, but it's our choice. May we choose life that we may live. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Can we thank God for his word, his spirit, the breath of life?